Hello Babylonians, Nicole here. Hello if you're new. Hi, I'm Nicole. Normally you would hear my sister-in-law Shauna, which you will um, hear once I get into sharing a case that I did a while ago as episodes, I think, 23, 24, and 25. This is a three-parter, so you're actually going to get two of those episodes to listen to this week. Um, If you're new here, again, we are re-releasing some of our favorite episodes just to help me get caught up on life and get some research under my belt for you guys to bring you some new content. So that will be starting next week. Next week, as in like next week, because it is now officially March. Not when I'm recording this because, you know, we re-record usually before Tuesday and I'm actually going to be on time. So I hope everybody checked out um, the HLN Network's Forensic Files 2. I just think that was super rad of them to reach out to us, of all people, and let us have early access to watch that episode. I I would love to hear what you guys thought. So absolutely uh, write in to us. Um, All of our social media is put at the end. I'll I'll say it here real quick. Uh, Bloody Babbles Podcast is our Gmail, um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, just slide into our DMs. Let us know what you thought of the episode. I thought it was it was pretty freaking nuts. It was quite not the ending I was expecting. So I thought it was just super awesome that we were reached out to of all people. I mean, I can't say we're like, I don't know. I don't know what to say about us. I'm just, I'm happy we've, we're, we've uh, been on this journey and we're getting so close to our hundredth episode and we are just, um, around a hundred and some plays away from 10,000, which is just fucking crazy and amazing. And I just couldn't be happier. And I'm so glad you guys have all been on this journey with us. Um, I say that word a lot and now I'm like so self-conscious about it. I'm sorry if the word um bothers you because I do say it a lot. I don't mean to. And sometimes it just comes out of my mouth, but I acknowledge it now because it's probably annoying, but We love each and every one of you, and we wouldn't be on the road to 10K and hitting it very, very soon if it wasn't for everybody who started listening to us and uh, suggesting everything to us, especially Nate, uh, Nate Dog on Twitter. I've got several of cases of his that he's suggested. Um, We're going to be doing another Bloody Buddy Babbles installment too soon, so keep your eyes out for that. I hope you guys like those. If you have your own personal stories that you'd love to share with us, that you'd like to hear us talk about, that would be fantastic. Just like I said, send it to any of our social medias. If you know us personally, send it to us there. We absolutely love doing this for you guys. It's a weird therapeutic thing, even though it's not always super duper happy, but I mean, it's true crime, so that's what it is. So here we go with the second installment of the Shanda Sharer case that I covered back, gosh, almost uh, over a year ago now, but I hope you guys enjoy and I will have a short intro for the uh, third part, which will be released this Friday. So you're getting two episodes this week to finish us out, um, get me caught up and next week we'll have a brand new case for you guys. So we love you so much and enjoy. And we're back. Hi, Babylonians. Hello, my beautiful humans. Welcome back to Bloody Babbles Podcast. Yay, yay, yay. Yay, yay. That just happened. Okay. I know you guys, 
this is going to sound funny just because we were recording this all in one day. But are you guys like anxious to hear what happens next? Yeah, you only had to wait three days, which, you know, you're welcome because <laughs> a week would have sucked in yeah. my opinion. Uh, yeah, that was that's one thing that I would stress out when I listen to this one podcast. I'm like, can you guys like put your part twos like a little bit faster? And then they ended up doing that. Not for that particular one, but they ended up having a multi-parter for another one. And they're like, we're going to post it in a couple of days. So you guys only have to wait two days. I'm like, thank God, because I need to know what happens. Yes. yes. So, hello. <laughs> <laughs> so we left off telling about, like, Chanda, um, her parents meeting, um, a little bit about Melinda's background, um, about Amanda. And we're going to be introducing new people, because what I told... Uh, Shauna, while we were taking a break before we started recording this episode, making sure it was recording because I was stressed out. It is recording. <laughs> I'm like, oh god, okay. But um, uh, yeah, there's characters we <laughs> characters. I mean, okay. it is a story. There's people we haven't even met yet that are a part of what's this, about to go down. What's about to go down? So we had just talked about the last thing that you know we closed out with was that you know Melinda was like. She's not going to target Amanda because, you know, she fell asleep and she was going to beat her up or whatever. But she's like, nah, I'm coming. Kidnap, right? She, she was going to kidnap her, beat her up, and then take her home. Well, now her plans are like, no, nah, I want Shanda. And she's she's coming for blood. Like, okay. So, um, starting off with, uh, yeah, good luck. <laughs> you guys better get a drink and snuggle in with your favorite teddy bear. This is going to get rough. So, um, not quite yet. So, um, I said so, so many times I want to punch my own self. So you're, I'm so, so, so sorry. So Shanda's, there it is again. I hate that word now. Shanda's personality had completely changed. Um, this is based off accounts from the book that I, um, did I look it up before I started recording? No. Cause why would I do that? Lost, little lost angel. I'm going to just, uh, little lost angel by Michael Quinlan. So. That's the book that, and I'll um, probably include it in both sets of show notes. Like that's where I got a majority of my sources from. Plus there's a, like I said, a three hour podcast episode that gets deep into this as well on YouTube. So any who's or what's it. So her whole personality changed. She was so bubbly and outgoing and very fun and like, oh, I'm trying to play it. Stop that. Go away. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's called Human Monsters Podcast and it's three hours long. So, I mean, that's kind of probably what we're going to end up having to do because this will be three parts. Okay, now to, let's tell the freaking story. So she was very withdrawn, uh, didn't spend time doing her hair or anything, because at one point her mom said she'd go in the bathroom, and she she's like, she'd spray so much damn Aquanet, I'm sure, because it was the <laughs> 70s and 80s and early 90s. She's like, there was like a lacquer of things all over the bathroom. Yeah, Aquanet was the bees. Yeah, so, but <laughs> she stopped caring about her hair. She just, she would, she just would go in her room and she wouldn't come out. And she even started dressing like Amanda. She'd wear a lot of like flannels because apparently that's just what, I hate that that's what she started wearing. Cause I'm like, oh my God, everyone's like, lesbians all wear flannel. Know, well, in the nineties, flannels were pretty popular. Yeah, that's true. Least, uh, it was definitely like, a huge fad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yes. Funny. Cause that's what my boyfriend wears now. And that's what's all of, I have steelless clothes and that's what's in my bedroom, but it's fine. So, yeah, starts to dress like Amanda. She's just completely taken a 360 from who she was before she met this girl. Uh, she quit playing basketball. 
Like I don't, in the first step, uh, first part of this, you know, I talked about she was, when she was young, she was in 4-H, uh, cheerleading, gymnastics, played baseball, softball, or softball, I want to keep saying baseball, I'm fine, basketball, volleyball, she was involved in everything, and then all of a sudden, she was just disinterested in sports, um, her mom even asked her, she's like, hey, why don't you join the swims team, and she's like, nah, I'm good, I just don't want to, and so, um, her mother said she went from being a robust child, doing everything she could, to a child that didn't even want to talk. Um, she realized she couldn't, she didn't get progress reports from school and found a note from, a, from Amanda explaining how to forge her mom's signature. Oh. So she's like, I'm not, I haven't gotten uh, any reports. I haven't got any, uh, report cards, anything about school. So she ended up going to the school and her concern was deep in meeting with the counselor because there were several notes, um, about her grades. She was failing classes, um, detention slips of her being late to class, skipping class with Amanda, and all of them were signed with a Ford signature that oh uh, uh, Shanda did. So Jackie called her out and she's just like, what is going on? Yeah, like, what is to. happening with you? Mm-hmm. And uh, Shanda immediately fell apart. And she's like, she was so sorry. And she's like, mom, I'm so scared. And she's like, what are you scared of? Like, you are not this person. Like, you've completely changed. And she's like, she's like, I'm scared of Melinda. And her friends, because they want to beat me up, because I became friends with Amanda. So they didn't suspect anything, like, past friendship, but that comes into play pretty quickly um, with Amanda. So she promised her mom she's going to stay away from the girls, but Amanda kept calling. She'd call the house. She'd have other girls, like, three-way call, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. I I always think of... I thought of that toward the end of the last episode when, when the girl called... Shanda asking, hey, did you go to that festival? Or yeah. Like, I was about to say, all I can did think you of. Did three-way call where she's listening in? <laughs> uh, all I could think of is Mean Girls because <laughs> they're, um, oh my God, she's so annoying. Who's annoying? Who is this? Gretchen. Oh, hold on. Oh my God, she's so annoying. Get rid of her. And she's like, uh, I can't go out with you. <laughs> Oh, you whore. It's my favorite fucking scene in all of me and girl. I love that whole movie. Who am I kidding? That's a freaking, like I said, it's become a cult classic. But anyways, she would call. She'd do the three-way calling. Um, She finally, Jackie finally went to Amanda's house and confronted her dad and was like, your child's terrible. Oh. <laughs> and <laughs> she didn't go like quite well, like I know, that. But, like- but she's like, your daughter keeps getting my daughter into trouble. And he's like, you know what? I've had so many parents come to my house and say that my daughter is causing so much trouble with their kids. He's like, I don't know what to do. He's this like, is his stepdad, yeah. no, this is her bio dad. Cause her mom dipped out. She's like, Peace, Amanda, oh, Amanda's okay. dad. Sorry, 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 sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, this is Amanda's dad. Sorry, I keep forgetting. I keep, there's so many, there's so many players in this game. Okay. It's a lot. So no, she's Jackie mom of Shanda is at Amanda's house talking okay. to her dad. His name's not George. That's that's Lori. Which we haven't gotten a story yet about, right? Not really. Okay. There's not really a whole lot to tell. Like her mom just dipped out, and okay. I mean, she was sort of involved in her life, but he's like, I wish she would spend more time with her mother. <sighs> I was creating candles. They'll soon be up on the Patreon <laughs> site for sale. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> Get little bloody battle stickers that stick around them. My God. So. Yeah, so she goes over there, and he's like, yeah, he's like, these people just, he's like, I don't know what to do with my daughter. Yeah. I'm like, I feel for him, because I'm like, it's hard. I can't imagine, 
I was a shit teenager. I know that. Well, it's like to be a single dad raising a teenager who doesn't. Teenage girl. Teenage girl. But I'm like, Jackie, like when she's there, she's like, don't you see how she dresses? Don't you see she looks like a boy? Like, don't you? Like, not that there's anything wrong with that, but you need to be talking to her. Yeah. Not in my notes. Just things that I know because I'm smart. Yep. Contrary to to the last episode where I'm like, I'm done. It's coming. I'm sure. So, okay, okay, so, okay, okay, okay. Uh, she finally went to their house, and Amanda, okay, so the phone call stopped after Jackie's like, no, stop fucking calling my house, leave my kid alone, get your kid in check. Amanda stopped calling for the time being. So Shanda, however, couldn't let go of the fact of, like, letting go of Amanda. So this We're sweet. Even yes. when they're not that healthy. It's, yeah, she's it's like, so this beautiful, sweet, innocent child who's 12 sends her a letter mm-hmm. with her school p- pictures in it. And she wrote on the back, Amanda, Amanda, what the hell? Amanda, I miss you and I always love you no matter what happens. I miss the touch of your soft body. This baby child sends a letter without a stamp. And her mom gets the letter back. So she... Yeah, I say she Jackie gets the return letter and she starts talking with her older daughter Paige. She's worried that something sexual has gone down between Shanda and Amanda until the day that, you know, obviously she's going to be murdered cuz that's what's going to happen. But um she never admits to no. being with Amanda. She's like, "I was just being her friend, mom. I was just trying to be a good friend. I don't even know why I wrote that. I was just trying to be her friend." So, um, so isn't it ironic? Isn't it ironic with some of the conversation we had earlier? Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. So, oh, yeah. (laughs) Yep. I'm like, I thought you meant on the episode. Oh, (laughs) private things that you won't know about the secret secrets. So, and, um, yeah, she was worried about it. Something had sexual happened between Jan and Amanda. So, Shanda is at her dad's house when she gets this letter back because she goes to her dad's every other weekend. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Jackie calls her dad and was like, hey, I found this. I think something's happened. We need to talk about it. And she, this isn't in my notes. It's in my brain. Okay. I'm smart. Mm-hmm. She pulls her stepmom, Sharon, aside. And, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, and she's just like, if you send a letter without a stamp, will they send it back? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> she didn't say it like that. I'm sure she was loving it. So she's like, well, yeah. And she's like, I sent a letter to Amanda and I didn't put a stamp on it. And I think my mom found it and I wrote something on it. And I, I didn't mean for it to come off that way. I'm just freaking out. So, so Sharon's like, you know, reassuring her, not knowing what she's about to walk into. She's just like, okay, we're going to figure this out. You know, we're not going to be. And they were like, I think they were prepared for her to be like, I like girls. Like that's what the mentality but they well, were because they don't know any other way with their daughters. Yeah, so. no, they're like, <laughs> that's okay. They're like, they were, they're like, we're gonna love you no matter what. But anyways, I'm getting ahead I of know, myself. That's Melinda. I'm confused. Okay, it's fine. Do I have all the lesbian kids? <laughs> that's Melinda's mom. Okay, my bad. Melinda, right. Michelle, and Melissa. Okay. <laughs> my bad. Yeah, I know. There's a lot. There's a lot of factors to this story. There's so many humans. Um, so yeah, she was at her dad. So. He took her back to her mom's house that night. And as soon as she walked in the house, she was bawling, uh, crying about this letter. And they wanted the truth. They were very demanding of her. And, like, had Amanda ever touched you in any inappropriate ways? And she denied, denied, denied. Well, I'm sorry. Maybe they weren't asking the right questions. I know. But inappropriate. She didn't. It may not have felt inappropriate. Right? I mean, especially with the, your soft skin. I, 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 
I know as a mother, Mm -hmm. I have one child in particular that you have to ask specific things or you're not going to get the answer. Like you have to, and it's ridiculous. (laughs) It's it's, it's like, are you, you know what I'm asking or you know what I'm getting to or whatever the situation may be. I don't know if he's ever playing dumb, but. It feels like it's, <laughs> it's just like I have to eat one of these I really super fast. She bought Whoppers. Okay. I don't know if you guys like them. I know a lot of people hate them. It's my mom's favorite candy. I love Whoppers. They might be a little stale. I don't know. They're old. I think mm-hmm. that's why Ethan brought them home because he got them from work. Oh, but um, gosh. Yeah. So sorry um, about food sounds. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. Well, no. If you brought them home from work, it should be fine. Well, oh, who- February is 2020. If I get August, that's not bad. Oh, yeah. No, they're fine. Wasn't that long ago. It tasted fine. It was crunchy. But anyways, it's not like they know who we're talking about or where he works. Because I'm like, where does he work? Guys, many people know (laughs) him and where he works. It doesn't matter. It's fine. Hey, we love you. Candy! (laughs) Candy, sponsor us. All of it. Every single fucking piece. (laughs) And I like candy corn, too. (gasps) I love candy corn. We just lost, like, 80 listeners. (laughs) You know what? It It was in our... A podcast group a couple days ago and one of them's like so a random side note does anyone here like candy corn and i'm like yes, yes. i love it and he, they're like oh thank god thank <laughs> you i really do and and i, I can't pumpkins taste the same but i prefer the candy corn the candy, i like i like them both i will don't get girl sister i will eat the shit out of all of it i don't really particularly but, care for the chocolate blend correct. not really a fan of that yeah. i usually pick the pumpkins out but no Oh, but candy I would, corn I've always loved. Because I have to eat the candy corn a certain way. Yeah, you like, have to bite the white, the yes, yellow, yes, 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 then the yes, orange, yes. and then yellow or whatever and order they the pumpkin, I bite the stem off, the little green no, stem. No, I just fucking, I, I, I annihilate. I weirdly get my Brax teeth, candy, teeth sponsor us. Super involved with my eating. I would like candy corn, corn all year long. Pumpkins. Thank you. <sighs> stuff. Hey, let's get back to the Now food. that we're not denying, denying, denying that we love candy corn... <laughs> We Shanda, murder. Den- Shanda, deny, deny, deny that yes. anything sexual, inappropriate happened. Because I like, I like your thought on it. Because she's like, well, I liked it. I'm not. I'm probably in her head. Yeah, she was like, I'm not technically wasn't. lying because you oh. might call it inappropriate, but I call it orgasmic. Hot. Poor little twelve-year-old. So she said, she's like, Amanda needed a friend, and I wanted to be a good friend. Um, she wouldn't give it up that anything happened. Finally, after she calmed down, she went to bed, and her parents decided to, to pull her from Hazelwood. They're like, she's getting out of that school. She was to be enrolled at Our Lady of Perpetual Help. I was like, she's gonna go to a Catholic school. She sure the hell is, and it's Our Lady of Perpetual Help. So we were talking in the first episode, or uh, yeah, the yeah, whatever. Um, Steve said he was going to increase his child support to cover tuition. I'm like, that's so sweet. Yeah. But I mean, watching what his daughter's going through, I'd be like, oh yeah, let's get her the what fuck out of there. What do we need to do? We're bending yeah. over backwards. And they're like, and they, like, even before like her going to bed or anything, they were like, if you need to tell us anything, we're going to love you no matter what you tell us. We just want you to be okay. Yes. Cause you're not okay. Yes. So. But she was like, no, everything's good. I was just being a good-ass friend. I'm like, no, honey. No, no, sweet, sweet, sweet girl. So um, Melinda was like, Well, oh. also the fucking scariness of Melinda. Yeah. Her parents fucking went to Amanda's parents. So who's to say? No. 
right? I thought Shanda's, I thought Jackie Shanda's went to Amanda's, went to Amanda's dad. dad. Yes. Okay, yeah. You so said I'm, Melinda. I know, but because, because I'm getting the names right. But Shanda is afraid of Melinda. Oh, afraid of Melinda. Okay. So, I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't follow. She's not going to fucking tell her parents, yeah, we have up. We did some shit because she's Cause, afraid. Parents cause are going to go. Because if that gets confirmed, Melinda is going yeah. to. Regardless, it doesn't matter because it happens anyways. But yeah, but, but okay. You're trying to get your 12-year-old brain. Yeah. I'm a 12-year-old boy in my head. I don't know why I'm not following this. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Melinda, speaking of her, was relieved. She was like, well, ah, this bitch is leaving my school. Bye. Yeah. No. <laughs> she became more obsessed and wrote Amanda tons of notes. Like there's a shit ton. There was like it was just like a couple pages in the book of just notes. Oh my god, I love you so much. Oh my god, why were you like this yesterday? God, I remember notes. Like I mean, notes. I, that was our texting. Yep, that was one. Yes, that was our texting. That was our texting. That's showing our age. I mean, I'm only 27, and that's Fucking how we did. Shut your face, sister. I'm so sorry. Still hot. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Beautiful She's got a beautiful fucking face. I hate you. If I can't, if I can't be stupid and trash, you get to be. You can't be a beautiful personality. I can't be a beautiful personality. Yes, I can't. But you're also Jonathan gorgeous. All right, we're fine. We're fine here. Let's get. We're rubbing it back in. So, although she transferred, it didn't matter. It didn't fucking matter because Amanda and Shanda kept letters going between them through friends. Um, like I said, with her cousin, um, Amanda. Edrin, Edrington, I'm assuming. Cousin Amanda is what I refer to her yeah, as. To not, because there's so many people in this, and we're not done yet. There's still three <laughs> people. There's still three people we haven't even met yet. Oh boy! Yeah. Hence why this is going to be three episodes, ladies and gentlemen. You're welcome. But you will have to wait four days for the um, final part. But yeah. So <laughs> sorry. Okay. So, yep. Um, they were. Um, yeah, they kept the letters going. They were arranging for Chanda to stay with her cousin, uh, cousin Amanda, and sneak into the school dance. How did they get the letters to her at the school? Well, Chanda, the cousin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, Amanda, cousin Amanda was the go-between. So, okay. um, and cousin Amanda is the cousin of whom? Shanda. Cousin Amanda is Shanda's cousin. I think Shanda also loves a girl named Amanda. It's a lot. The, I was just making because there's I was two Amandas if, now. I was thinking if Amanda. And Melinda were because you said they were still writing each other notes, but they were involved. Yeah, but this Shanda. No. Okay, Amanda's writing letters to Shanda mm-hmm. through cousin Amanda. Okay, there's two Amandas. Okay, it's I'm, a I'm on board there. But before that, um, Melinda had sent Amanda Heverin a whole bunch of notes, like okay. about like why are you acting this way? Why are you doing this? There's like, like there's a whole freaking page. And I just didn't include them in the notes because I didn't feel it was relevant. Okay. That's why I included the notes earlier in the um, part for part one. But anyways, um, so they were going to sneak. Shanda was going to stay with cousin Amanda to sneak into the dance at Hazelwood. So Shanda and Amanda Heverin could be together. This is a lot, guys. I'm so sorry. I was like, when I saw her cousin's name was Amanda, I'm like, couldn't she have another cousin? <laughs> so <Hello>, Mandy. Mandy. <laughs> Mandy. Okay. Melinda, of course, caught wind. Wait, like, so too. Okay, yeah, sorry. I know. All of her fucking family. Her mom is Margie, Michael, Michelle, Melinda. Cousin Amanda's good. Like okay, it. we're fine. Okay. So Melinda caught wind of this and met Shanda in the parking lot of the school. And Amanda was with her. Like they came out together and she told Shanda to get lost. Amanda. Okay. Melinda's like, tell her that you're done. Tell her that you're, this is over. We're together. We're in love. Tell her we're done. Amanda's like, okay, 
She's like, Chanda, you need to get lost. Can you imagine being a 12 year old little girl going, bending over backwards for Amanda Heverin and then showing up to this dance where you could secretly meet and then her telling her because her psycho girlfriend's right there. And is like, I get the fuck out of my face. Not that she said it quite like that, but like how fucking, and she, she, of course she was absolutely heartbroken. She was devastated. Just, she left in tears and it was, and her cousin said, she's like, it was a really sad thing to see. She's just like, I mean, I, I feel for her cousin, like, getting involved because I'm like, I would not want to be involved in the, with that. So, so Melinda, of course, you know, continues her note writing. She's pissed off at Amanda because, you know, Shanda was supposed to come to the dance and see her. So she sent a note on November 26th. And at the end of it, she wrote, I want Shanda dead. That's how she finished the note. Melinda finished the note. Melinda wrote that. Melinda wrote she wanted Amanda dead. Or Shanda dead. God damn it. There's so many names. So going back to Amanda Heverin, her father, he ends up finding, going, he flips through her whole room. He flipped her whole room apart. Um, He founds, he finds tons of notes between Amanda Heverin and Melinda. Like tons. There's tons. They're very sexually detailed. Like he was, and he was like, I'm, putting I'm this is it we're done with Melinda and he's like um if not uh Melinda would get charged with harassment if she didn't leave Amanda alone like he took it to the next level because he's like Amanda you're obviously you're not a bad person you've just messed with the wrong fucking girl Mm -hmm. and she's gotten way into your head yeah extremely like claws are deep in there so Melinda became furious that she couldn't talk to the love of her life and she it was all Shanda's fault yep and that was the cause of the issues and so, um, I wrote this because of an episode we did a time or two ago. I don't remember which one it is. And she, oh, it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm never really hold my cough down. <laughs> I, burped, I told you. The apple juice is making me burp. <laughs> that was the comic we released that we need because of what we're about to head into. <laughs> but we talked about. <laughs> it was in an episode and he was just like oh hey I want to uh, rape and kill and murder and like set a, bu- a woman on fire I don't oh, yeah. remember just what the story again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a brand new guy and he was on a work yeah. job and he's just like oh by the way I just want to do this hey you want a piece of gum and by the way I want to kill someone and I want it to be a lady and I want to like strangle her and so casually Casually, Miss Melinda here. They must have, maybe they were each other in another life. She's like, um, how do you dispose of a dead body? To whom? To her like? friend, Crystal Wathan. Crystal, we mentioned earlier, who was like her best friend. Um, and Crystal was like, um, uh, just put it in a barrel of leaves and set it on fire. Okay. You know, that's a casual, casual way to dispose of a body. It's cool, cool, cool. It's fine. <laughs> a barrel of leaves. A barrel of leaves. That's, it's the, I took that verbatim from the book. So. So that was, that's where Melinda's mind is right now. So we're going to turn over to Shanda and she's at her new school. She's thriving. She's ready to be done with Amanda. She's ready to cut that part of her life. She was, um, she was playing basketball. She was getting back into school. She was courting a new boy. She was taking time to do her hair in the bathroom again. Like her mom's like, I was getting my girl back. We would, she's like, she wasn't shutting herself in her room. She was coming and laying on the couch with me and we were laying together watching TV and she was, she was my girl again. She was my baby again. And so, but Amanda, she don't give up. She kept sending notes. She kept the three-way calls going, um, with her cousin. 
And, or even, um, she would disguise her voice to try to sound different. Like, hi, is Shanda there? (laughs) Like, I was going through different voices. Hey, is Shanda there? (laughs) Hey, is Shanda there? (sighs) God, I'm, I'm I'm telling you. But, um, yeah. And her mom's like, um, I mean, I know it's you. Please stop calling. (laughs) She'd just be like, no, thanks. Bye. (laughs) Click. (laughs) Nope. And then uh, Shanda brilliant little child that she is she's like mom if this girl calls you and it says it's her hang up because amanda's waiting on the third call line oh so um like she was like girl, my cousin <laughs> i know well and cousin amanda told her um she was meeting new friends and didn't have time for her anymore and all the while you know melinda still plotting her revenge she's a terrible human <laughs> so we're going to introduce some new humans. Here we go. So we talked earlier about Melinda. I keep doing this thing like where I like, tw- like I'm doing like a spell with my fingers. I'm going to have to take like a video so you guys can understand how I am. <laughs> One of these days I should do it now, but I don't want to. Um, but we'll just like have to like record for like a couple minutes and just like show how we are when we're recording. Cause I feel like <laughs> that will just give you an insight to who we are as people. <laughs> Because I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, girls, <laughs> we're about to introduce people. So we talked about Carrie Pope, who is another, she's a 17-year-old lesbian that's friends with Melinda. They're all into these weird, crazy things. So she introduces Melinda to get ready. Larry and Terry, because we have more names. Okay. You want to know what their full name? They're, they're twin 17-year-old brothers, and they're Larry and Terry Weatherberry. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I I kind of love it. I'm like these guys are great. Parents are something else. Larry and Terry Weatherberry. So I'm like I would hate to be their mom. Larry Terry Weatherberry, and then like seven kids come running. I don't know how many siblings they have. Um, they were these two brothers, and uh, they were both uh very you know confident in themselves, and they were both bisexual. And they're twins. They're twins. Seventeen year old Larry and Terry. Um, they had a serious fascination with the occult. Um, Larry especially delved into it quite a bit more than Terry does. That's going to get very confusing. Um, he said he was an all-knowing shaman. Okay. Uh, shaman. Shaman? Shaman. Shaman. Um, he got taunted at school but got revenge at one point when and got in trouble and slid a boy's throat at school. Oh, As, yeah. that's a true shaman. Yep. yep. Yeah, he was brought up on juvenile charges <laughs> for the incident. Yeah, he just kind of got, he was very, like, he was a very open person and, like I said, was bisexual. And then Terry ended up confiding in Carrie Pope. Yeah, so we got Larry, Terry, and fucking Carrie. Yep. <laughs> and th- but both brothers were bi. Um, through this pack of misfits, Melinda ended up meeting Lori Tackett. She's an important person, and she's a fucking monster in okay. all forms. Um, she was also a fellow person. She was obsessed with the cult. She was a loner. Um, in the beginning of her sex capade, she has sex with a bunch of boys. Um, and she, Larry being one of them. So that's kind of how she gets intertwined with these weirdos. Um, she was, of course, she, oh, she ends up finding herself more attracted to women as most of these girls do. So she came, she bounced from house to house, um, being as she was such an outcast and didn't want to be with her parents. So yeah, it's her parents. Her mom is Peggy and George and her mom. Um, her dad was, I, he had pretty sure he's a veteran. I may have it down here in the notes later on, but actually it's right here. Um, no, no, he wasn't a veteran. He was, he spent time in prison for robbing a gas station. <laughs> no, I'm not even going to edit that out because there's another one who is a veteran of Vietnam and he comes into play later. 
Oh my god. <laughs> I'm fine. Oh my god. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep reading my notes okay. and stop trying to get ahead because that's embarrassing. Okay. <laughs> um, bounced from house to house. Didn't fit in with her parents. Didn't fit in with anyone. She this met Lori. Yeah, this is Lori. Okay. She's not a fan. She stayed with a girl. This oh, this is another girl named Crystal. Crystal Lyles in New Albany. Like she was gonna go and move in with this girl. So um. New Albany is where most of the story is taking place. I'm pretty sure that's where, like, Shanda and Melinda and everybody live. Um, I think I said that name earlier. Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, there's another town that comes into play, too. But um, Madison. It's literally in this line. No, it's not. I can't read. My, my right eyeball stopped showing vision. Um, hey, is everything okay? Yeah, everything's fine. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> I'm reading a text message. My bad, guys. I was like tapping into whatever's happening with you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. So Lori's father refused to drive her to Crystal because it was like a 50 mile trip and it would have been like a couple hours round trip. So Crystal reached out to her friend, <gasps> Carrie Pope and Carrie was reluctant about the trip, but Melinda's like, check, I'll go with you. So these girls get going on the road. They're living their best lives, going on a road trip and they get lost. They don't have good directions. So they call Lori and they're like, uh, this is where we're at. Where do we go from here? She's like, Ooh, I can get there from here. So I'll come meet up with you guys. So bam, they happen. Um, we didn't have Google maps back then. Nope. Okay. We had map maps. We had map. I don't even know back then. Yeah. We just had regular maps. We had, uh, yep. My parents still have their map. I'm pretty sure. But they know how to get to where they're going. I'm like, no, GPS for me, guys. So, um, okay. So, Carrie, Pope, and Melinda go to pick her up. And um, when Melinda met her at first, she was just, like, uh, hella intimidated because she had spiky hair, spiky blonde hair. Ooh, she Melinda's was, intimidated? She's I in, dig that. I know. I know she it's was, not going to be good, but, like, I kind of fucking dig no, that. No, no. Just I, wait. I, I know. I know. Uh, I mean, I don't know, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, she was just, she was just very, very obnoxious, like outgoing to give shit what she looked like. She's like, I'm going to wear what I want to wear. Like me, like she, we're going to get into her a little bit of her, Lori's background. Okay. So, uh, yep. Till I can find where my freaking notes went. Oh yeah. Both intimidated her, but Carrie was like, Oh, Hey girl, how you doing? So. So they go and pick this girl up and Crystal, the girl, Lyles, who's supposed to be letting this girl move into her house. I think she lived with her dad. Um, hadn't got the okay. So then Lori's all of a sudden, they go to pick this girl up and now she doesn't have anywhere to stay. But Carrie was like, you know what? You can stay with me and my grandma because my grandma's a pretty chill chick, even though some things happen later involving, not involving the grandma, but about the grandma. And it's like, um, Lori, you need to calm down. So, uh, so they go and she Lori moves. has the spiky hair? Mm -hmm. Okay. Lori is uh, super, uh, very crazy into the occult, and she, just wait till you hear more about okay. her. She is a character. Crystal, um, oh no, I don't need that. So, Lori, um, was from, oh yeah, talks about her dad spending time in prison <laughs> for robbing a gas station. Not a veteran. And her mother, Peggy, was a devout member of the fundamentalist church where they spoke in tongues and had visions. Like, she was heavy, heavy, heavy um, for most of, like, into her religion. So, her mom. So, for most of her life, Lori was forced to wear long dresses. She couldn't even participate in PE due to not being allowed to wear sweats or shorts. 
Like her mom was very, very adamant about that. Like that's against our religion. They all know the type. Um, her rebellious ways set in quickly and she started sneaking pants to school and would change into them before she got into the building. And then she made more drastic changes to her look. I remember at one point I didn't add it in here. Um, then why'd you message me? You're lying. You're so cute. Anyways. Um, she like dyed her hair a bunch of different colors. She's had it. And then she completely like shaved her head at one time. Mm -hmm. And then she was like walking down in the street and like a group of like black ladies came up to her and accused her of being a skinhead. Oh. So yeah, she had quite a little bit of an encounter with that. So I'm like, Oh, this girl is, she's something else, but she obviously talked herself out of it. She didn't get dumped. So but she ended up wearing mini skirts. She'd wear the net stockings. She had open blouses. She's very provocative, you know, going just I feel like with some Christian homes. <laughs> but, um, like that tends to happen. Like they're so, they burn that into your school. Like those are big rebellious kids for, I met, I went to school with some, so. Yeah, she's very uh, not afraid to be who she wants to be. So, but so boys were immediately drawn to her and they were like, yeah. yeah. So she indulged on that. She had sex with a bunch of them, but guess what? She preferred girls. So her mother um, had at one point took her diary and took it to the pastor of their church. And he ended up having a whole sermon about how homosexuality was bad. Yeah. And it was very, very directed at her. And she's just like, I'm so sick of being judged. She's like, I want to be rid of my mom. I wanted to get away from that. She's like, I just wanted to get away. Like I would just, I wanted to be me. And my mom was not letting that happen. So she took a, an immediate liking to the Leatherberry brothers and started dabbling in occult seances, getting into spell books, casting spells on people she didn't like. Um, she takes it to the next level and starts with self. Uh, okay. I should trigger warn because she talks about self mutilation quite a bit. Yeah. Um, as a way to relieve stress, um, she and Larry cut themselves and used their blood to create pictures and they dubbed it blood art. Um, they took being, oh, she took it too far at one point and even, and cut herself so badly that it wouldn't stop. So she had to get taken to the hospital. So they deemed her suicidal and they kept her in the mental hospital for a few weeks. So she was there for a little while, but, um, her past didn't seem to deviate her from her friends. So she finally, her and Crystal uh, Lyles finally got an apartment together and started using drugs and living their best lives, uh, using acid as one does. And it, at that time it was easy to find drugs. You just had to, this is, this is a girl she was supposed to live with at first, but okay. then she didn't tell her parents. So now they're, okay. they're, okay. they're a few, they're yeah. Lori's 17. I'm pretty sure. Um, so she's just a little bit older than everybody. So yeah, they start doing drugs. It was about knowing the right people. Oh, I was talking about how easy it was to get drugs at that point. So he's outside, ready to come inside. Um, I'm going to go get her and the dogs are in the house. Hello. Welcome back. So, um, yeah. Okay. So we're talking about them getting into drugs um, if they didn't have money, they'd have uh, sex to get drugs, which I we talked about that earlier with uh, Melinda's one friend, Christy, who banged the dude to get cocaine. 
So, the friendships were concrete as long as alcohol and drugs were there to be shared, but Lori wasn't big on drugs. She preferred to have money. Like, she's like, she could stop at any point. She's like, drugs just weren't her thing. I mean, obviously. She wasn't an addict. Yeah, she wasn't an addict. Like, she was addicted more to, like, self-mutilation. That was more her niche. So, she... I wanted to sing. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So... She she preferred having actual money to be able to do things, but she had issues maintaining jobs because she just she'd get them and then things would fall apart. So she ends up going back to live with her parents. So her dad, I put literally some stupid reason, decides that, oh, you know what? I'll help her get better and gives her a car, um, which is a seven-year-old four-door sedan. I think it was like brown. And he's like, here, um, there you go. And so she... Takes this car, gets a job at Kmart in Madison, which I think is Madison, Indiana, at Kmart. But she hated the she hated her job. She hated the small town. I mean, she would just she would drive to New Albany or go to Kentucky uh, quite a bit to see Carrie and the Leatherberries and their strange circle of friends. But her friends, however, were growing tired of her eccentricity. Hmm. She was too bizarre. <laughs> Literal. How bizarre. Lori. Thing she'd um okay so this is a dream she had and uh it's a trigger warning because it's disgusting and scary so she had a dream of charred mutilated infants that were hanging from trees oh and then she uh she yeah she had another dream of multicolored hands dragging her from her bedroom into hell like they were pulling her through the floor in her room and dragging her down I'm like man if only that were real but anyways so she even told Carrie Pope. Um, She wanted to kill someone, stab them in the stomach to see what it felt like to push it in and receive publicity for it. So, okay. Yeah, she, she's just, yeah. Or to watch someone be set on fire. So we're, uh, we're foreshadowing here a little bit. She even, so I talked about Carrie. She um, even offered to kill Carrie's grandmother who was giving Carrie issues at the time, but Carrie's like, it's not that serious. Yeah, that's my grandma. That's my grandma. No, no, no. So she luckily declined is what I wrote. So she began. So um, to take, you know, not only wanting to kill someone. So she starts drinking her own blood. <laughs> she started trying to take over what Larry would do. Larry, Larry Weatherberry, one of the twins. He was the one who said he was the self-acclaimed shaman and that he could channel spirits from the spirit world. But he was very serious about like trying to communicate with the other side. And they felt she was trying to upstage him. Um, She would go into these trances and she would say she was, one of her personas was she was Deanna the Vampirist and she would love to kill somebody. So that was, that was, that was her. She was, she's a mess. So Carrie was the one who brought that up about the Deanna the Vampirist. And Larry like legit got mad at her because he was channeling. He took his channeling seriously and felt she was doing it for show. So Carrie had started a new relationship with a a different girl and said she didn't really care to have Lori around. Like she straight up told her like, I don't want to hang out with you anymore, dude. You're fucking weird. Like you're a level of weird that I'm not comfortable with. So she was on the outs with her friends and she began to call on Melinda. Mm. Yes, Melinda had an issue with Carrie recently, so she embraced a potential new friend. This new friendship, so um, she wanted to get. She was still dead set. We're bringing it, looping it back around to getting back at Shanda because apparently Shanda's just the cause of all the problems in fucking Melinda's life. So did Lori and Carrie ever live together? No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Even, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, 
she was she moved back with her parents. Lori moved back in with her parents. Okay. And so she was still living in Madison when this is all going down. So Melinda was very vocal about wanting to beat Chanda up and even mentioned about wanting her dead. All right. Hold on to your universal titties. Shit's about to get real. Oh. Here's what we are. Um, yep. Time to ruin your life. So Wednesday, January 8th, 1992. I had to do this days because I'm like, this didn't make sense to me. And I actually had to look up what the day of the week was. So Lori and Melinda were talking about to going to, about going to a, uh, it was a hardcore like music concert in Louisville on Friday, January 10th. So uh, Melinda kept inviting others, but she told them that she was going with Lori. So they weren't going to go. So it was just going to be them two so far. So she said she wanted to stop by Shanda's house after the show. She needed Lori's help to get Shanda out of the house. Melinda said she wanted to kill her and that Lori said that it could be done. Then there was two girls that are in, they're two kind of different girls that end up getting brought into this plan. Um, they're from Madison. So they were friends with Lori and they were invited to go to the concert and if they go along with the kidnap plan. So Lori was sure one girl wouldn't. And her name's Tony Lawrence because she was very skittish. She wasn't a traditional friend of Lori's, but this other girl, Hope Rippy, which is a terrible last name as well. Um, it's almost worse than Loveless. Um, the other girl, um, Lori said she could sway her to go along with the plan. So they're these are just two different girls. I I don't I think I I don't really talk about their background very much okay. they just they they're connected to Lori so hope oh okay yes I do a little bit so Lori said she could sway her uh, hope was a friend from grade school and was very close to Lori hope came out came from a kind of tough home and she developed her own feistiness like her brothers I think hope was the one who her brothers would just start duking it out like in front of her and her dad would like encourage it and be like Ooh. just let them fight it out because if they don't you know, one of them will say uncle and then they'll be fine. They, yeah. Um, at one point she even organized a school walkout over a school policy that she disagreed with. Um, Hope and Tony had been friends since kindergarten, not best friends, but pretty good friends. Mm -hmm. Tony was on the preppier side, less occulty. <laughs> she was a little preppy, but, um, she, uh, okay. Trigger warning. She had been raped by a boy at a friend's house and she didn't tell her parents about it until her mother found a letter to, uh, to a friend talking about it, um, happening. The boy received a slap on the wrist and that was it. Like they went to all ends to get, try and get him uh, even a charge. Like her parent, like her dad was very like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Um, she was ostracized by her classmates for turning him in. Like they just went after her because they're like, Oh wow. You, you told the cops about him. We'll be like, yeah, well he raped her. So okay. it was not fucking consensual. So it took him some, took convincing, but Tony finally says, I'll go to the um, concert. So um, hope didn't tell her about the kidnapping a little girl or anything like that. They left that detail out because they knew Tony would back out like immediately. But Tony's mom said, no, you can't go to the concert. So she asked, she brings this other girl, but she's not really, she's kind of a part of the story, but not in a bad way. So her name is Mikkel, um, to cover her for, so she could go. And Mikkel's like, what do you mean? She's like, Hey, can I say that I'm staying at your house on Friday night? I want to go to this concert with, um, Hope and Lori. And she's like, oh, 
why do you even hang out with that girl? She's so weird. Like, why? Mm -hmm. But she's like, yeah, I'll cover for you. So, Michaela's a good friend, I guess, in a weird way. So, whatever. So, the girls go to the concert. So, we're jumping now to Friday. And, um, okay. Girls traveled to the concert, and Lori made mention that they were going to kill a little girl. Tony thought it was some sick joke and just brushed it off. But Lori had it all planned out in her mind. She was going to take Shanda to the witch's castle, which I'll post a picture of that. Um, the girls got ready. They So they're driving. So Lori, Tony, and Hope get in the car, go to Melinda's house. They all get ready at Melinda's house. And she's, you know, she's got that rich stepdad. She's got all these fancy clothes. They're like, oh, my God, you have these amazing shoes. And they're all getting ready together. And, um, oh, excuse me. Not as cool as the burp as I did earlier. But here it is. <laughs> So they're getting ready. Um, and Tony was like, Oh my gosh, Melinda like looks normal. She's like, she doesn't look scary or weird. Like she's like, Oh wow. This girl's not like crazy. Like, you know, this might actually not be a bad yeah, night. Yeah. So then they go and they're getting ready. And then Melinda's like, so, um, we're going to scare. I really want to scare Shanda. And she ends up showing a rusty knife and said she was going to use it to, to tease her. Mm -hmm. She said that she wanted to like, run the knife down her stomach and tease her with it. And Tony was like, Oh, well I was fucking wrong. Yeah. Looks can be deceiving. Y'all. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, if you look, I mean, if you looking at Melinda's eyes, you know, there's just right. there ain't nothing going on there, but like she wasn't an ugly girl. Like you wouldn't think she was this freaking uh, premeditating murdering monster. Spoiler. So anyways, um, so they're getting ready. Talks about the knife teasing. They call, um, they called Shanda's dad's house and like they called three times, but every time the line was busy, but Melinda was like, uh, uh, I'm fine. I know she's there. Um, it's, she's like, I know what weekend she goes and sees her dad. It's, I, just, I know she's there. So that same night, January 10th, Shanda had been picked up by her dad and she was super excited because they were going to get ready to remodel. I think it's their living room. So she's like, dad, can I help? I want to help. What can I do tomorrow? Like, what, what do I get to do? What do I get to help with? Which makes my heart sad for what's about to happen. So she goes to his house and her friend from down the street, whose name was Michelle, um, comes over and she's like, hey, um, this kid's got a birthday party. Do you want to go with me? And her dad's like, well, we were going to just stay in and eat pizza and watch TV together. But... Shanda was really excited about it. So her dad's like, you know what? Michelle's a good kid. You can go, you know, go yeah. enjoy, you have know, fun. go have fun. So she goes, she goes in the bathroom, starts getting ready. And all of a sudden another person knocks on the door. And so Shanda opens it and it's Hope and Tony. And she's just like, they're well, like, hey, them, right? nope. she's like, Hey, is Shanda here? And she's like, I'm Shanda. <laughs> and her dad hears, overhears this conversation. And they're like, oh, well, we're friends of Amanda's. And Shanda's like, yeah. and so she goes outside, shuts the door. And she's like, you can't say her name too loud. My dad doesn't like her. And they're like, well, hey, Shanda wants you to, like, um, come talk to her. And she really needs to talk to you right now. And she wants to meet you at the witch castle. And Shanda's like, well, um, I can't go right now. And I'm getting ready to go to a birthday party. But she's like, well, if you guys can, get Amanda, bring her to my house, and I'll sneak out around midnight. And I'll talk to her then. So a plan is in motion, but it, it wasn't what at first, um, you want Melinda on there, right? yeah, that's mm -hmm. that Melinda wanted her right then and there. So like she was ready. So 
um, her dad comes in as soon as those girls leave. And he's like, what, who are those girls? She's like, Oh, they're just people from school. And he's just like, did I hear them say Amanda's name? You know, I don't want you hanging out with Amanda. And she's like, oh, they didn't mention Amanda. They wanted me to go to the mall with them, but I told them I was going to a party. So they left. So she totally plays it off. And he's, he's very, no, his gut instinct was like yeah. something. Get out. Get out of the trash. We were, I was recording. Forgot we were recording for a hot second. Well, I just yelled at my dog. She's She's digging in the trash. I need to take my trash out. So he's just, she just brushes it off. She's just like, I don't even, she's like, I'm ready to go to this party. I don't really care about those girls. So he's like, okay, you know what? And Sharon's like, calm down, just chill. You know, she's fine. So Melinda was pissed. She was mad. She, the girls come back to the car and she's like, where the fuck is she? Like, and they're like, uh, okay, simmer down. (laughs) She's going to meet us at midnight. We told her we're going to bring Amanda back here at midnight. She said she'd sneak out and she'd be able to talk to us for a while. And Melinda's like, okay, cool. Oh, fine. Very smart ladies. Yeah. So they're fine. So they go, they, I think they were going to just skip the whole concert. I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) Where did this, where did this plan go? So they go to this concert and it was held at the Audubon skate park. Um, Melinda went up to this girl that she knew pinched her butt and hugged her and they started dancing. Lori was in her element with the music. She said she felt like the guitar streaks going through her soul. Acid. Yeah, something. I don't know. She's just she's something. So um so Tony and Hope took their shirts off and just had their jackets with just their bras on because they're like, ooh, we're going to just be sexy. And people, they were like, oh, we can meet boys because they're not into girls. It's not their, they're not, it's not their scene. But it, they got bored pretty quick. Like it was in this, I mean, it was at a skate park, but it was like an indoor skate park. So they were like, we're bored. We just want to go. My boobies are out. Nobody cares. <laughs> I know. We're just bored. We just want some dick. Like, damn. <laughs> so they, they're like, fuck this. So they go sit in Lori's car and they're just chilling. And these two boys come up. Um, I don't know if I put both their names. I know one's name is Brandon. Um, I'm totally going off notes because I just did these notes today. I've been typing them up anyways. And so they come up and they're like, hey, we're cold. Can we come sit in your car and warm up with you guys? I'm like, <laughs> I know what that means. But anyways, so they're like, yeah, so they're just talking, you know, and the boys weren't like being like pushy or nothing. They're just, Tony was really stressed out. Like Tony has just got the biggest mouth and it's probably not a terrible thing. Um, but she should have had a bigger mouth in some cases that we were about to learn about. And they're like, so you know, those two girls that we were with, well, they're going to kill someone tonight, a little girl. And Brandon, the one boy was just like, Deuces. Oh. <laughs> he was like, uh-huh. Okay. And then, like, they're like, oh, yeah. And they're like, they didn't believe him. I can't remember what his friend's name was. I want to say Mike, but that doesn't sound right. But um, So Hope was like, oh, we'll take it one step further. And she's like, she pulls out the rusty knife. She's like, yeah, this is a knife they're going to use on her and everything. And they're like, oh, okay. And Brandon, like, picked up that Tony was really, really uncomfortable and did not want to be a part of this. And he's like, hey, you should come with us. And we'll find you a way home. <laughs> like, like, which is really sweet. Cause you know, not some boys would be like, yeah, I'm going to take this girl. We're going to yeah. do bad things. Yeah, no, yeah. Brandon was a real, tried to be the real MVP and hopes like, uh, uh-uh, you know, if we leave, Lori's going to be pissed. Melinda's going to be suspicious. They're going to say something or we're going to get in trouble. You know, we're staying. And then, so they finally give up, you know, they're like, okay. They just sat there and they stopped talking about it. Start talking about something else. Just silent. <laughs> <laughs> chirp, chirp. And I need the cricket noises back. So 
uh, around 1130, uh, Melinda and Lori are done partying with this weird-ass concert. And Melinda was all worked up. She was ready. She was like, oh, it's time. Um, Shanda had arrived home at 11. Cause, uh, okay, I didn't. I left that part out. Um, her, she's like, Dad, can I stay at Michelle's till 11 for this birthday party? And he's like, mm, let's do 1030 based off the conversation that she had with these two girls that she didn't technically know mm -hmm. that she had lied about. See, she still comes home at 11 and she brings Michelle with her and she's like, Hey dad, can she spend the night? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And he's like, Nope, we're going to have too many people at the house in the morning because we're doing all this remodeling. And Michelle was like, because I'm assuming the guy who wrote the book interviewed people for this book. Oh, I'm sure. I would, and Michelle's like, I think she completely forgot about those girls coming over because she told me they were going to come over later. But she's like, why would she ask me to spend the night if she knew these girls were coming back to see her? So, so okay. Um, yeah, so her dad's like, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to go to bed. He's like, good night. I love you. And she's like, I love you too, dad. So that's the last thing she, she says to her dad. Okay. So, hey, so you go, ladies and gents. Yep, we're about it's about to go down. So the group of girls show up at Chanda's house. Um, they told Tony and uh Hope we're gonna go to the door because you know they were the two that were there earlier. Right. So Tony was like, I'm not getting out of this car. I refuse. I'm not okay. getting out. So Lori's like, I'll go with you because I'm not abnormal to show up at your door with my spiky hair and my weird outfits. Um, but at that time, Shanda's stepbrother's friend, Dale, arrived at the same time and walked with the girls to get Shanda. They're like, oh, do you know if Shanda's home? And he's like, I'm just here to pick up her stepbrother. But I'm like, we can go check and see if she's still awake. Right. So they're like, okay, just act normal. Cash, yeah. cash, cash. And so they walk up and um, Laura, Lori, Laura, Lori and Hope spoke to Shanda and she's like, where's Amanda? Why isn't she here? So they're like, oh, she's waiting in the car. We're going to leave or we're going to go. We're going to go um, go take you to her. She's waiting for us at the witch's castle. And so she's like, OK, so um, and then she's like, oh, hey, Dale, you know, Larry, her brother's name is Larry Dale. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, he already got a ride to that party you guys were supposed to go to. And Dale's like, OK, cool, whatever. And so he goes and um, Shanda ends up leaving the door open to her house. And so that pays a factor later, yeah. whenever the next morning. So. Um, so she, Lori books it back to the car and then she's like, uh, she's coming. Melinda get down in the back. She doesn't know you're here. Get, and they have like some old blankets and some like, uh, like clothes that they threw on top of her. So mm -hmm. she's hiding in the back seat of the car. So, uh, Lori's going to drive. Shanda gets in the middle, hopes on the other side of her. And then Tony's in the back with Shanda and not Shanda, Melinda. So just giving you guys a uh, visual. And um, so Lori and Hope speak to Shanda. Oh yeah. And they run back to the door. Uh, Shanda. No, I already said that, that she already talked about that. So Lori, they get, she gets in the car and Lori's like, so tell me about uh, Melinda or not Melinda about you and Amanda. And she, Shanda's like, yeah. Or, and she's like, you know, they broke up. Right. And she's like, yeah, Amanda told me we went, we dated, you know, we went together for four months and then I switched schools and things happened. And Melinda was like seething in the backseat. Oh, wow. So she jumps up, puts the knife to her throat. And she's like, I bet you didn't expect me to be here. You bitch. Uh -huh. So she's got this knife to her throat. So Shanda, um, Shanda just said, please, Melinda, don't hurt me. 
you know, I'll leave Amanda alone. Um, Melinda asked about the Harvest Homecoming and she's like, did you and Amanda go? And she's like, don't fucking lie. Cause I already know. And Shanda's like, yes. And then she's like, please don't hurt me. Please let me go. Then she's like, did you guys have sex? And Shanda's like, yes. So she's freaking out. She's starting to get, she's absolutely terrified. Yes. Um, they arrive at the witch's castle. Melinda grabs one arm. Lori grabs the other. Um, Tony and Hope just kind of like stumbled behind. They were, they had lighters that they were using to light their way to this castle thing. Cause we didn't have cell phones then. Cell phones are not even just regular flashlights where they, the girls all were smokers. Yeah. Yep. So, um, they end up tying her wrists and her hands with rope. And, um, they were talking about, like prior to this, like Melinda kept saying, she's like, she's really, she is a really cute girl. If I didn't hate her so much, I'd want to fuck her. Like she made that comment several times about wanting to do that to Shanda. Like mm -hmm. she's cute. I'd fuck her if I didn't hate her so much. Blah, blah, blah. No hate fucking. Whoa. Um, Hello, invite. What, what, what is that <laughs> dog doing? Sheeshing. <laughs> she's just like, what the fuck just <laughs> happened? Oh, she goes, I'm sorry. I should have like filmed that. Like I didn't know that was going to happen. My dog just like full on had her, she was like laying down and then she put her butt up like, Hey, I want that. <laughs> And then she's just like, I'm just kidding. I'm going to go to a stick. Okay, anyways, back to the sad stuff because things are about to get real. So, yeah, Melinda talked about her pretty hair. about, And then they're like, oh, you're so beautiful. Let's cut your hair off. And she's and she begged them. She's like, please, no, I'll stay away from Amanda. Amanda. Mm -hmm. Bye. Amanda. Okay. She's 12 years old, guys. Remember this. Hope was like, hey, I really like your watch. And she took it off her wrist. And it was a Mickey Mouse watch. That she got for Christmas that played a little Mickey Mouse song. Yeah, just wait, there's more. Yeah. So um, she had rings on her fingers and they all started to pull, um, Melinda pulled them off and her and uh, Lori and Tony were all putting them on their fingers. Even Tony was? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or, well, Melinda put them on their fingers. Like, here, wear her rings. Mm -hmm. So Lori went and got her, she's like, oh my gosh, I love this t shirt so much. She's like, it's dark as shit in here, it's fucking cold. So, I mean, it's January in Indiana in, or Kentucky, wherever they're at. So she goes and gets what she calls her favorite t-shirt, which is, it's a black t-shirt and it's got like a smiley face on it and it has a bullet wound on its head oh, with okay. blood running yeah, down. Yeah, I've, seen, I've that seen that too. Yes. Yeah. And so her favorite shirt, she found like a half bottle of whiskey in her car and douses it in whiskey and lights a fire. So she starts this fire in this castle and Oh, at one point, she's just like, um, there's a dungeon down here, and there's human bones in it, and your bones could be next, is what Lori tells her. So, they start this fire. They're like, mm, this place is going to be a little too obvious, because the Leatherberry Boys and Carrie Pope would go down there sometimes. Like, it was kind of a popular hangout for yeah. the weirdos. Sure. So, I they're mean, like, um, You have nothing to do with your teenagers. We're yep. going to go to this abandoned castle. Castle. castle at that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty spooky looking. So they, you know, get rid of this fire and they go and they put her back in the car and they are like, okay, there's this place near Lori's house that we can take her that no one would see them. So they untie her, they take her to the car, they needed gas. So they make her lay down in the back seat and she's covered with a blanket. I couldn't imagine the anticipation of feeling like you could run out of there and be safe, mm -hmm. but because she's absolutely terrified of being killed awful so tony's freaking the fuck out this whole time so she goes over and she calls this boy michael that she, that's where the name michael came from so she goes and calls him and oh, she literally just chips yep okay yeah pay phones if you don't know what that is well 
Damn. Then you're not a fan of Superman. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or what is it? Isn't Doctor Who? Isn't that in it? I, I think uh, I've never watched Doctor Who. Same. I just know it's like a blue <laughs> phone box. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> it's an English thing. Please don't hate me. I've never watched Doctor Who. Um, Same. Uh, they take her. Yeah. So, um, oh, so Tony's on the phone with this boy and she chits, chats with him, just talks. She doesn't tell him, oh, hey, we kidnapped the little girl and I think these girls are going to kill her. Or she was far enough away from these girls, they wouldn't have heard her conversation. She could have called 911 and told them what was happening or be like, hey, we're in this car. We may not be here very long. Come find us because we kidnapped a child. Nope, she didn't do that. So that was one, one spot where she could have saved Shanda's life. So, um, so she rejoins them. Yeah, they start driving, they get lost, and they end up having to pull into another gas station. And then Tony jokes she wanted to go with them, but they... Oh, okay. Sorry. That didn't make sense. Okay, so there's these other random boys that they saw in this parking lot trying to figure out where they need to go. And she's just like, oh, hey. And these guys are like, hey, you should come with us. And Tony's like, oh, my God, I totally would. And But they're like, you should follow us. So they end up following them for quite some time, these two boys, and they end up turning around. They're like, I don't know where the fuck these girls are going, but I'm tired of driving. So another missed attempt to stop this night from continuing. So Shanda tried to threaten them. She's like, my stepbrother's going to freak out. He's going to look for me or she's going to get in trouble for being out so late. Like my parents are going to be so mad, but Shanda, mom, I think it was Melinda who ended up telling her to just shut, shut up, just shut up. So they ended up making her take off her bra and hope thought it was so funny. And she was driving at that point. So hope is getting in on this now too. And she takes her bra off and then puts on Shanda's bra. So they drive through a while for a while through Madison um, and then they went to, they go near this road that Lori lives on and they stopped near the edge of the woods. Tony said she gave Shanda a hug and she begged Melinda not to hurt her. Like as they were pulling her out of the car, she like hugged her and told them, please don't take her out of this car. Let's, let's just take her home. You scared her. She's going to stay away. And they were like, nope. Melinda, that and Melinda told her to shut up. She's like, no. So they had her take her clothes. Shan okay. Melinda takes her out. Tells her to take her clothes off and because she wanted them as a souvenir. Tony mm. went and sat in the car and hoip, yep. Hope joined. I was putting Hope and Join together. Hope joined her. Um, Chan they sat there as Shanda stripped down to her underwear and her t-shirt while Melinda held the knife. Oh, she's chewing. I thought she threw up. Nope, no dog puke here, guys. Um, so Tony, yeah, Tony's in the car and Hope's there. She's holding the knife at her, and then Lori grabs her arms and holds them behind Shanda and tells Melinda, she's like, do it. Hit her. So she punches her in the stomach, and Shanda immediately crumbles, and um, she starts, she's already crying, and she's just like, I have asthma, I can't breathe, and so she's like trying to gasp for breath, because if you get sucker punched in the stomach, that shit's gonna fuck with you. So Melinda ends up punching her in the face, and... Uh, Shanda has braces. Oh lord! And so her mouth immediately starts ble immediately starts bleeding. Um, the girls end up throwing her to the ground and are both on top of her. And they have they're trying to cut her throat with this rusty with knife. this rough rusty knife. They get the point of the knife in her neck, but she kept moving, she kept wiggling, but they couldn't get it to go any deeper. Like she was, this girl is a fighter. She's a fighter. Um. So, um. 
Hope ran from the car to go help and then quickly came back to the car. And Tony was like, what did you do? Like, what did you try to go do? She's like, why did you go to help them? She's like, I tried to pull Chandel away. And then I ran back to the car. I don't know how true that is because their stories don't line up. But, um, and the time timeline gets fuzzy. You're to pull her away in the I'm going to go back into the car. Fuck off. There's like, two of you and there's two of them. You could have fucking hit them with your car, with the car, like turn the car on and hit them. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, no, I know. I know. Well, it's I only going to get more how, frustrating. Sorry. Tell me babble for a moment. Yes. As a, as a preteen teen, there were definitely moments where like I had my moments where I'd stand up for other people, but there were moments where the thought of getting in trouble mm-hmm. or what like, so like when you said she could have called the police, Yep. I would have been like, wait a minute, but they, I'm going to get in trouble because I'm with them. Like not yeah. thinking that like all in all, I'm not, I'm going to be questioned, Yeah. but like, I, I just say some possible, whatever, you know? Yep. And there's definitely moments in your head where you're just, the rational, uh, there's no rationality or uh-huh. real, really. You're, you're yeah. just a young kid around other kids. Not, I've never been in a situation like this. <laughs> no, same. And I don't ever want to be. But like, I've been in some dumb situations where I'm like, why the fuck didn't I do this or whatever? And, and so I, I gotta, this is just making me realize I need to, I need to instill some more stuff in my kiddos and their confidence and like, yeah. Death if you ever out. get into the situation, tell me. Any situation. Like, yeah. yeah. God, I hope to God they never get Well, right. But I mean, and, but any kind mm-hmm. of situation where they're not comfortable or they know what is going on is not mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. you be loud and you do whatever you can to just not. Yeah. Yep. You, and because I am, and you know this, we both are strong believers and firm believers in gut reactions and gut feelings. And, and I definitely try to instill that. And, and all five of my kiddos. And yes. like, so anyway, sorry, I had to babble for a moment. Okay. <laughs> Continue. Okay. Let me finish this. Okay. Um, so Chanda had gotten, she was, you know, they were, she kept wiggling. She somehow had gotten the knife away from them, but she, um, then they pinned her to the ground again. Lori was on her stomach. Melinda was holding her legs. Um, Melinda grabbed the rope that had been, um, they had used to tie her up earlier and she put it around her throat and twisted it tightly. Tony and Hope, um, they had a boom box in the car, um, and they turned it up because they didn't want to hear her screaming anymore. That's why I helped, guys. Yep. Really fucking Aww. awesome. Arlo's asleep. Ugh. Okay, it's fine. Yep, so they could, wouldn't hear her screams. Um, all of a sudden, Shanda stopped moving. So Melinda's like, is she dead? And Lori's like, I don't know. So they go and they put her in the trunk. So they drive down to Lori's house because they, they were on a road that was near there. Um, they cleaned up. They went in the bathroom. Uh, cleaned the blood off their hands and their face, or I don't think there was any on their face, but they cleaned up and then um, Shanna's just in the trunk. How much longer? Oh, oh man. Hold on a hot second. Like, so, okay. So they left her in the trunk. Um, Lori did these times out. What? Um... I've lost my spot. Oh, okay. So all of a sudden they're like, oh, okay. So she has like these magical reading stones and she's just like, everything's going to be okay. Your fortune says um, your future is fine. Lori's saying this? Yeah. She's got like these magical stones in her room. But then all of a sudden her dog starts barking downstairs 
and they hear Shanda screaming in the trunk. So Lori's like, I'm going to go take care of this. A few long minutes passed, and she returned and goes to the bathroom to wash her hands because she's once again covered in blood. And uh, she, at one point, sorry, was like, I wonder what it's like to stab someone. In stab someone. Mm-hmm. Or stab like, them or, or set them on fire. Okay. So the girls decide to leave again, but Tony and Hope said they're not leaving. So Melinda and Lori left. Um, Melinda asked if she was dead, and Lori said she didn't know. And then more, Lori, Melinda's like, uh, okay. Okay, where did I just lost my spot? Oh, asked um, what she did to her, but Lori didn't say anything. So Melinda remembered Crystal, Crystal telling her how to get rid of the body. She's like, let's burn her. Oh, and, so, and then she's like, oh my God, you're meant to be with me. Right. <laughs> so they drive down to this burn pile at Lori's house and they start looking for things to help Maybe burn. And Tony are there too? No, Hope they, st- they stayed, the Hope and Tony are, they stayed at Lori's house. They are not there for this part. They're not. They, so that's when you call the fucking police. Yep. Later. Yeah. Well, they don't. They just hide and go to sleep. Actually, because I can sleep super easily after that. Yep. I'm sorry. I know we need her. No, you're fine. Okay. So the neighbor turns on a light, and it's um the neighbors who live there is Ace Newman and Michael Starkey, and they um had just gotten home from their jobs at the pizza pizza shop, and they say it's about two thirty in the morning when they hear Lori's loud ass muffler car. So um, they had a Coke machine on their porch and they knew kids would sometimes come by to get Coke out of, out of their, off their porch. So Lori's like, Oh, I got this. So she's like, Hey, um, can I get some change for some sodas? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, what are you guys doing? And she's like, Oh, just fixing my muffler. And he's like, Oh, can I come help? And she's like, mm, no, we got it. And he's like, okay, cool. Not suspicious. Yeah. So they left. Um, she gets the Cokes, they leave. And so they're like driving around a while they're like maybe she'll just die die slowly you know they got really paranoid as cars passed like at one point one of these headlights come up behind them and it stays there for a while but eventually that car turns into a um driveway so they're looking for a place to dump her body Lori mentioned a creek that they could throw her in but melinda's like mm, no her body will float and they'll find her too fast and she's like she's still set on burning this girl so she's like, they stopped at the um, side of the road to check um, Shanda's state. The cold air stirred her and she sat up, her hair smeared with blood and it's all down her arms as well. Her eyes were like rolled back in her head and all she said was mommy. Oh my gosh. Yep. And Lori hits her with the tire iron again and slams the trunk down on her. So they stop again. Um, hoping Shanda would get out of the car so they could just run her over, but she couldn't she couldn't get herself out of the car so they were so pissed off that she was clinging to life and they wished that she would just let herself die but this girl i said she was a fighter she just would she would not die and so they um hope and tony are back at Lori's house and they were hiding in Lori's bed and at some point uh, Lori's dad comes in and he's like why are these two random girls in her bed and she's like oh he's like where's Lori?" and she's they're like oh her and melinda went to get food and he's like, it's way too late for that kind of stuff. And he goes back to bed. <laughs> yep. All right, daddy. Good job. Well, like, yeah. But um, Melinda and Lori continue to drive and they start hearing a sound. They were like, it wasn't a yell. It wasn't like anything they'd heard. It wasn't like a scream or anything. It sounded like a gurgle. Oh, my God. So they stop and switch drivers. So Melinda begins to drive the car. And to keep her foot on the gas so you couldn't hear Shanda if she starts started kicking. 
So Lori, before they start to leave, Lori goes back and hits her again with the tire iron. Um, Melinda said she heard a thump and then like the sound of like when you hit someone in the stomach, remember she wanted to stab someone with the stomach and Lori comes back with the tire iron and she's, it's smeared with Shanda's blood and she tells Melinda to smell it. She said she hit her in the head and she felt it go in. She's like, it felt so cool because I felt this tire iron go in her head. And Melinda told her to stop it. And she said it was making her sick. And I said, bitch, fuck off. You wanted to kill her. You're the reason this is happening. Yeah. So Lori put it in her face again and Melinda grabbed it and threw it in the backseat. Lori's like, you've got to see her. She's soaked with blood. She's red. As a quote. Um, yeah. So Melinda wanted her dead, but didn't think it would be such this quite dirty of work. So they drive around and each time they hear Shanna make noise, they stop and silence her. Um, I'm pretty sure it was mostly Lori that would get out and do it. Um, the girls finally go back to Lori's. The girl, uh, Tony and Hope wake up and they ask where the little girl were, w- little girl was. And Lori's like, it was a nightmare. There wasn't a little girl. And Hope is like completely dis- disassociated and was like, oh, good, in her sleepy state. Tony saw the blood on their hands and faces and was like, mm, no. So she said they, they were like, no, she's still in the trunk. And they're like, she's still probably breathing. And they told them they'd hit her with the tire iron and laughed about it. Like they were like, oh, yeah, we hit her. And it, I felt it go in her skull. And they were just like joking about it. It was pretty good and dark. So Lori knew they needed to finish the task. So she called on her neighbor, Brian Tagg. For some gasoline, um, he was kind of mad because they were calling so early in the morning. So I'm assuming it's probably starting getting to closer they, to they daytime. Have, they haven't gotten any sleep yet. None. These two. Okay. Nope. So Lori knew they needed to finish the task. Um, so yeah, asked for gas and he's like, I got some kerosene, but call me back in a little bit and you can come get it or whatever. So um, they walked to this burn pile that they have at Lori's house and they asked if, they, if the other two girls wanted to see Shanda and Tony was like, nope. And they're like, okay, we'll get in the car and rev the engine in case she starts screaming. And Hope was like, yeah, I, I want to see her. So they open the trunk and then, um, uh, Lori, okay, yeah, Shanda was in a fetal position and was completely covered in blood. Lori um, goes and start tries to start a fire with an old shirt while Hope found window cleaner in the trunk and she sprayed it on Shanda's wounds window cleaner just to add to her torture yep and they're like we don't even know why she did that but like hope just like they're like it was like a deer in headlights and she just was like a science experiment like when you're dissecting something it was just insane so they tried to talk to shanda but she absolutely could not speak um melinda asked hope where her your heart was on your body and she told her and then she asked how to get a knife into someone's body. But um, while this is all going down, these these cars down the way, Lori's mom steps out on the porch and asks the girls what they're doing. So Lori runs over there and Lori's like, we're going to start a fire. She's like, it's too early for any kind of fires. Um, she asked the girls if they had just gotten home. Lori went and got told her mom to shut up and leave her alone. They stood nose to nose and were yelling at each other. Then Lori calmed down and her mom's like, okay, you know, whatever. Um, she's like, do you girls want breakfast? And Lori's like, no, I got to get these girls home. I'll just stop by McDonald's on the way. So they get in the car and, um, uh, okay. So, okay. Yeah. They get in the car, they stop at a, a 
to get gas at a Clark oil station on State Road 62. And Lori said they had to kill her because she knew all their names. So they ended up buying a two-liter bottle of Pepsi, paid for a few dollars in gas. And um, Shanda started to make noise, and this car had pulled up beside them. So Hope moved the car away really fast. And they're like, why did you do that? And they're like, uh, a car's there, and she's making noise. Someone's going to hear that we have someone in the trunk. So they drank, They all took a drink of this Pepsi bottle. They dump it out, and they fill the Pepsi bottle with gas. <clears throat> so they leave this gas station, and that's when they drive for a while, and they turn on to Lemon Road. They all get out of the car until Tony decides she's like, no, nah, I'm going to stay in the car. I don't want to be a part of this. I'm too deep in. I'm not getting out. So they go back, the three girls, um, they're like, we've got to get her out of the car. So they wrap her in a red blanket that um, Melinda had hid under to kidnap her. Melinda stepped back and said, oh, gross, because, I mean, she's literally just blood at this point. Um, Hope snarled at her saying, I don't know what your problem is. You started this whole thing. So Lori and Hope wrap the blanker, blanket, blanker, <laughs> blanket around Shanda's trembling body and lift her out. And then they, they like literally go and they just drop her on a dirt path. Tony looked out the window of the car and she saw her arm move and she looked away. She focused on what the radio was playing because she didn't want to be there. She's like, she was just trying to completely remove herself mentally from the whole situation. Um, Lori grabbed the gas and she handed it to Melinda, but Melinda stepped back. The one who was so adamant about setting her on fire. So she hands it to Hope and Hope's like, I'm not doing this. And she's like, no, you're going to. So she puts it in Hope's hands. So um, Hope pours trigger warning it's about to get awful um pours the gas all over shanda and Lori grabs a pack of matches and she lights the blanket on fire and it it went up in flames so fast it scorched her um some of Lori's hair because she couldn't get back fast enough so the three girls got back in the car and tony finally looked went to look at her burning body but then melinda looked too and she saw the flames got really low and she's like what if it doesn't completely burn her. What if she, what if it goes out? So she's like, stop, turn the car around, go back. So Lori flips the car around. They go back there a few feet from Chanda and Melinda went out by herself and poured the rest of the gas on Chanda. And she said that she could see her face and she was looking up at her, but her eyes had kept rolling in the back of her head and um, she said when she got back to the car that her tongue was going like in and out of her mouth. Like it was just like flicking like in and out. Um, so she's completely engulfed in flames now. Um, just the top half of her body, like torso up. Um, Tony shrunk into the back seat, and she was biting on her knuckles so hard she was bleeding. Um, Lori planned to come back later, reassuring everyone that um, no one ever drove down that road and that she would come back that night and bury Chanda's body. And she, they were all very concerned that Tony was very quiet, but they were, they were like, we've got it. We're in this together. Um, everybody's got to keep their mouths shut. Um, Lori then decides she's hungry and decides to go to McDonald's and this sick fuck. Just wait till you hear what she says. Um, Tony ends up going to a payphone and calls her friend, Mikkel, who she was supposed to be spending the night with. Um, and she like tells Mikkel, she's like, something bad happened. She's, and she tells him, she's like, they killed a little girl. Lori and Melinda killed a little girl. And Mikkel's like, no fucking way. Like you're, you're lying. Like why would, and she's just like, no, I'm, I'm being serious. They killed a little girl. 
So she was like trying to make it not seem like, you know, she was telling anybody that what they were had just done. And Lori, the sick piece of shit that she is, she ordered breakfast and she holds up a piece of sausage and she's like, look, I bet this is what Chanda looks like now. And then takes a bite of it like a fucking monster. So um, they're like, what took you so long at the payphone, Tony? And she's like, oh, I was just checking to see if Mikkel, if my mom had called, you know, because I was supposed to be there. And she hadn't. So they took her home first, Tony, and dropped her off because she had to be at work. And her dad was awake and he's like, Hey, how was your night with Mikkel? And she said she was fine, but she had to get ready for work. She was like very short with him. So we are now jumping to, um, uh, going back to Steve's house. Cause that's where Shanda's supposed to be right now. So he had woke up at 4am and he had heard the TV on. He's like, Oh man, Shanda must've left it on. Must've fallen asleep or something. So he goes, turns the TV off. He checks her room and she's like, Oh, I bet she fell asleep on the bed downstairs. 7 a.m. comes. They start getting ready for the um, remodeling. And Sharon goes downstairs and she darts back upstairs. She's like, Shanda's not in the house. She's not here. So um, he figured she let the dog out. She may have got locked out of the house. So they begin searching frantically. Their dog, Sparky, was limping up the driveway. And her dad's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, my dog's got hurt. My daughter's missing. Like, um, Larry Dale, a stepson hadn't slept in his bed. He wasn't home. So everybody's just like, what the freak? So they go and check with all the neighbors. They checked the whole neighborhood. They went to check the woods, jumping to 60 miles away, which is how far she is from home. Yeah. There's a man named Don Foley who woke up and was getting ready to do some quail hunting with his bird dogs. Um, he had a new pup. He was going to take on her first hunt. He was a 49-year-old veteran of the Vietnam War, and he really enjoyed sleeping in late on Saturdays. It was chilly that day. Um, He got up. He had some farm animals he went and took care of, and the dogs were anxious because they knew, like, oh, he's awake. We are about to go hunting. We're pumped. So he had some coffee, and he waited for his older brother, Ralph, to arrive. Um, He saw his son's truck go by, Greg, but um, he didn't stop. But then Ralph arrived, so they're like, it's still pretty cold to get everything going. So they finished their coffee, got the dogs ready, and they head out to this um, area where Don was allowed to go um, hunting. They traveled less than a mile when they turned onto Lemon Road. So this is, you know, a few hours later. Ralph happened to look at the soybean field and noticed a horrible sight. He said it looked like a body. And Don's like, "Mm, no, I don't think so. But as they pull up to it, he's like, what the hell is that? So they reverse the truck. They back up to this thing in the thing and they are this whatever this pile of whatever and they um thought it was a prank and they thought it looked like a mannequin um they got out and confirmed it was a young woman she was nude who had ripped blue panties she was on her back head pointed toward the road tarred from the waist to her head and her legs were spread open and bent at the knees and her arms were frozen in motion reaching up towards the sky with her hands clenched with fragments of cloth in them um, her, she's dead. Her cause of death ended up being, um, smoke inhalation. She ended up because she was set on fire. That's ended up being her cause of death. Um, but they could see specks of honey blonde, long wavy hair matted with some, that was matted gray from the smoke. Her face was blackened by fire and smoke. Her mouth was open and her teeth were clenched. 
Her breasts were so scorched by the fire, but it, 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 did, it didn't appear to look like she had nipples. At first, they really thought it was a rubber sex doll that um, Ralph felt. He's like, she looks so real, though, that someone just set it on fire as like some creepy joke. And then Don knelt beside her and he scratched at her foot to feel. And he's like, uh, it was cold, soft and fleshy. He's like, this is this is a person. Ooh, so she's 12, 12 was. Yeah. And they everybody's surprised by what because it takes them a while to find their age, right. to find her age. They thought she was like a woman, like a grown woman. Right. So, um, they of course go and call the police. Um, Don called Jeff Jefferson County Sheriff's office in Madison. Chief deputy Randy Sprite took the call at 10 55 AM. Um, Don told him that they found, and he's like, Hey Don, how are you doing? He's like, Oh, not too good. I think we may have found a body and, but we're not a hundred percent sure. And we need someone to come check it out. So he gave Sprite directions to lemon road. Um, he told him that he had thought he looked like it was a mannequin. He's like, man, I really hope it is. My shift's almost over. Yeah, well, honey, it's shit's about to go down. So when he pulls up, the officer pulls up, um, he thought it was a mannequin as well. So he ends up calling the, um, so he was the, just he's just a deputy, or he's a chief deputy. So he calls the sheriff of Jefferson, Jefferson County, which is Richard Buck Shipley. He's a 52-year-old man who was the sheriff and um, he comes straight from his home in Madison. He was concerned about the position her body was in. So he then contacts state police and uh, requested a detective and a lab technician. So I think we're going to stop there. Yeah, there's more. Guys. There's so, way okay. more. There's more. We're going to talk about, um, the girls, cause they do eventually get caught and we'll go through kind of their trial process. Um, at one point though, when, when they take her body to be examined and they decide, you know, or they come to the conclusion that she died of smoke inhalation and not the blows to her head. She didn't have any, her, her head wasn't, her skull wasn't fractured. Was it broken? It wasn't as messed up with them hitting as much with as they did with a tire iron, but they did find this is a big trigger warning for right now that she ended up, um, that her, that vagina hole was, uh, like three inches wider than it should have been. And it showed that she had been sodomized with that tire iron at some point during the night. Oh my so one of the times they stopped and decided to silence, silence her, they ended up sodomizing her with that. So, so this is kind of a, you know, this is a little bit well, of a, a rosy end for you. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, decompress from that. <laughs> um, gosh, yeah. we'll uh, get back at you. Tuesday. Yeah. We're, yeah. Well, um, you know where to find all of us, uh, and search bloody babbles anywhere. Bloody. That's what we are on Twitter. Bloody babbles podcast. World of fantasy and world music by the fighters, our intro music. Um, yeah, this is a this was a heavy one. So, and there's more. And there's more, guys. So, there's more. Yeah. So, so until uh, next time, Babylon. Have you ever wondered what shows are like in foreign countries, but the language barrier is what stopped you from giving them a chance? My name's Maggie, and I host the podcast Have You Seen It, where I talk about TV shows from countries all around the world. If you're like me, you spend more time on Netflix looking for something to watch than actually watching something. 
So if you don't want to spend time scrolling through Netflix or even Hulu, check out my podcast for some show suggestions. I talk about the plots, tell you who the cast is, what I liked and what I didn't like about the shows, and I also throw in some fun facts about each country, tell you where in the world the show takes place, how close they are to any other shows that I've already covered, mention any cultural differences or similarities that I noticed, and my favorite part are the words and phrases that I picked up while watching these shows. You can check out Have You Seen It on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and most other places you listen to your favorite podcasts. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at OfficialHYSI, that's O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L-H-Y-S-I, and make sure to like the Facebook page at Facebook.com slash OfficialHYSI. Let me help you find your new favorite show.